No Junk Mail presents The Trading Post, narrated by the author, James R. Von Felt. Chapter 25 We were four steps past the end of the building when I heard thud. An arrow struck Blind Eye in the shoulder. Instantly, Long Hair turned and hit him on the jaw. Blind Eye's pistol fell out of his hands as he collapsed on the ground. He was just lying there, out cold. It took a second to figure out what was going on, but then Philip sprang into action. He grabbed Blind Eye's legs. Billy and I grabbed his arms and jacket, and then we dragged him to the back of the building, out of sight. A small trail of blood in the snow followed us around the corner. Without even thinking, I turned and ran to the porch, shoved open the door and yelled, Max says he needs help. Everyone in the room jumped. They'd heard nothing. I startled them, and they hadn't expected to see me, at least not so soon. Red didn't hesitate. Al, go take care of it. He waved Scarface out the door with his pistol, then pointed the pistol at me. You, he shouted. You, over there. Me, I asked as innocently as I could. Yes, you, dummy, get over there. He waved the pistol in the direction of Alex, Inu, and Daryl. They were sitting on the floor behind the counter near the storeroom door. Get over there where I can watch all of you, he said. I sat down on the floor next to them. As I leaned up against the storeroom door, it moved. It was unlatched. I was careful not to push it open. Scarface went out the front door. And as he closed it, he yelled, Mac, Mac, where are you? I can't see you. Jake, who was still beside the wood stove, ripped on Red. Red, you're about the dumbest fathead. And he went on and on. He went off on one of his swearing and cursing rants, which is typically Jake. We had heard all that several times before, but Red wasn't going to have any of it. He jumped out of his chair as if Jake had shocked him with electricity. He yelled back at Jake while alternating between pointing the gun at Jake's head and waving it at him as if he were going to hit him with it. Red said he was going to kill Jake, and Jake yelled back that if he did, he'd never find the loot. While this was going on, we could see Sam inching up behind Red. Sam's hands were tied and sitting in his lap. He'd been sitting there with his back to the east wall. His legs were behind Red. We could see what was about to happen. Sam kicked Red right behind the knees as hard as he could. Red dropped to the floor. He swung around and fired his pistol at Sam. He missed. Jake jumped him, and the fight was on, only we weren't going to stay around for it. We pushed the storeroom door open and were through it in a flash, all of us pushing and running as fast as we could. We took about four steps in and stumbled over some bags of dry beans, ending up in a pile on the floor. The room was dark except for a single window on the far side of the room, between shelves of store goods. We heard another shot go off and a bullet zinged through the wall into the ceiling over our heads. We ducked even though we are already on on the floor. The window was our only way out, but it was higher than most windows. We had to get something to stand on to reach it. As Inu stacked boxes under the window, Darrow threw something through the window. The glass broke with a crash. Inu threw a bunch of empty gunny sacks out the window to try to soften the landing. The fight was still going on in the next room. It sounded like Jake and Red were wrestling on the floor. 
We heard more yells and curses and another gunshot. Inu grabbed Alex by the back of his shirt and pants and threw him out the window. I scampered up the boxes. Inu pushed me out. I hit the ground with a thud, knocking the air out of me for a few seconds. I'd fallen on Alex and the gunny sacks. Right after Daryl landed on me, everything erupted. The sheriff and his posse started shooting. It sounded like the first battle of El Alamon. You could hear yelling, fighting, cussing, hollering, crashing, guns banging, windows breaking, and, and bullets pinging off the metal wood stove. Alex, Daryl, and I laid still, not making a sound. We hugged the dirt, afraid someone would see us and shoot at us. It seemed like the battle would go on forever. But finally it slowed down, with a single shot here and there. Then it stopped. All was silent for about 30 seconds. Then Red, Sam, and Jake yelled at the same time, Stop shooting! Don't kill me! I give up! From around the corner I heard Sheriff Bruce's voice holler, Hold your fire! This is Sheriff Brookhofer. Jake, you come out with your hands up. Come out slow. There was a long pause. Some words that were exchanged in the training post. We couldn't make them out. Then we heard glass crunching as someone walked to the front door. The door creaked open and I heard Jake holler, I'm coming out! Don't shoot! Alex said, You hear that? Let's go see what's going on. We were wiggling to get untangled when we heard a strange noise coming from about 15 feet away. Creak! It was like a rusty hinge. Creak! The storeroom we just fell out of was an add-on to the trading post. It was built on poles above the ground so you could crawl under it. From there, the ground descended towards the lake shore. It was dark, but we could see under the storeroom from where we were lying. Slowly, one leg, then another dropped down to the ground. Someone had slithered out of a hole in the storeroom floor and was crawling towards us. He lifted his head. It was Jake! He saw us, pointed his pistol at us, and loudly whispered, Shut up, or it's the last sound you'll ever make. He looked around and then said, Go down to the lake shore, down there now. Philip and Billy flew out of nowhere and hit Jake full force with a flying tackle. Philip's head hit Jake right in the ribs. Jake let out a roar. Billy rolled away with the gun. We all piled on Jake, yelling and hollering as we punched, grabbed, and held on as hard as we could. Jake's fist caught me in the middle and knocked me over, but I jumped right back on top of the writhing pile. Longhair and Brave appeared as if by magic and fought their way through the pile to Jake. They each grabbed an arm and twisted them behind his back, forcing Jake to the ground. The noise we made brought a crowd running from the front of the trading post. Jake was still trying to get free from Longhair and Brave when Billy pressed his knee on Jake's neck, pointing the pistol right between Jake's eyes, and cocked the pistol. In slow, deliberate words, Billy said, Tell me where the loot's buried, or I'll blow your head off. I couldn't believe my eyes and ears. This was Billy. He was my friend. Yet at this moment, he was somebody else. Someone cold. The pistol looked huge in his hand. The hammer of the pistol was cocked, ready to fire. The world stopped. Everyone gasped, including Jake. The silence was deafening. 
than terrifying. We all thought Billy was about to pull the trigger and blow a Jake's head clear off. Jake began to shake. He thought he was about to die. He thought this crazy kid was going to kill him right here, right now. He pointed under the storeroom and yelled, It's over there! It's over there! It's in a hole under the trap door. Billy pulled the trigger. Click! Jake's eyes were big as saucers. We were as shocked as Jake. Fooled you, Billy grinned. It's empty! That's about all of the adventure as I remember it. Sheriff Brew later told us that it was Red who had gone out the front door. He was wounded, and Sheriff Brew put him in handcuffs right away. They found Sam wounded in the training post, trying to hide behind the wood stove. Jake had bullet wounds in his leg and arm, as well as an arrow wound in his shoulder. Blind Eye and Scarface had tried to make a break for it, running into the woods past the boat dock. They didn't get far and were brought back to the trading post in handcuffs. They both needed medical help as well. The rest of the bank robbery loot was dug up where Jake said it was. It amounted to over $10,000. About an hour or so later, all of the deputies from the towns around finally showed up. They drove up to the front of the trading post. The doctor treated the wounded as best he could. Then they were loaded into a truck and taken to jail. One of the deputies picked up Looney on his way to the trading post. We were glad to see him. He greeted us in typical Looney style. Knock, knock, he said. Who's there, I asked. Dishes. Dishes who? Dishes the police. Come out with your hands up, Looney grinned. You gotta be kidding, Billy replied. Alex grabbed his middle and acted like he was gonna puke, our usual response to Looney jokes. Enu was the last to emerge from the storeroom. He had been hiding under a stack of furs, behind boxes and sacks of goods, in the storeroom. He had a cut on his arm that needed stitches, but it wasn't bad. Enu, long hair, brave and us guys sat in a circle talking. We had at least three conversations going on at the same time, hashing over the excitement and filling each other in on what had happened. The deputies had cleaned up the trading post somewhat when Sheriff Brew came over to us. He said that he didn't have enough room in the cars to take us back to town. He wanted to know if we minded sleeping in the fishing cabins across from the trading post tonight. He said both search parties were here with us, and they had plenty of food, blankets, and whatever else we needed. That sounded good to us. Well, the days that followed were kind of a blur. Lots of things happened. Daryl and Alex spent two days in the hospital. They healed up fine. Daryl got a brand new cast on his left wrist. The doctor added a few stitches to his shoulder wound. The new cast was made by a doctor who told us the other cast did a darn good job of protecting his wrist. Alex's wounds were treated with sulfa, though he didn't show any signs of infection. Long hair had done a great job on him. A newspaper man from Seattle wrote a story saying we captured the crooks. That wasn't true, but nobody seemed to care. The man from Kalama got his rifles back. The banks got their money back and they gave us a reward. We talked it over among ourselves and asked Sheriff Bruce for advice. We ended up giving some of the reward money to Enu, some to the trading post owner so he could fix up his store, and some to the two search teams. 
Inu made sure that Longhair and Brave got the rifle, ammunition, and supplies they wanted. Then they were taken across the lake to their hunting camp in a motorboat. Inu also got a new lever-action 30-30 rifle, ammunition, and his picture in the paper. Sheriff Brew was a hero to us. He gave us the grand tour of the jail, and we saw Jake and the gang locked up in separate cells. The sheriff made us honorary deputies and gave us a ride in his car with the siren wailing in a parade. Yep, we were in a parade, which went right up Main Street. Us guys rode in the sheriff's car, followed by all the deputies' cars and a truck filled with waving deputies. People stood along the sidewalk and waved at us. Well, yeah, okay, I made up the stuff about a parade, but we did get a ride in the patrol car with his siren blurring. Also, our parents and both search teams stayed with us at the hotel in Kelso. We got to eat in a restaurant. That was a big treat for us. After getting hugs through all the moms hollering and crying, we got a stern lecture about going from home with no one knowing where we're going. We hung our heads and said we're sorry and wouldn't do it again. That seemed to relieve our parents. We were off the hook. Billy's dad even forgot to give him a licking. Once we were back home, we were famous for about a week, and then everybody seemed to forget about the adventure. The war was still on. The news and headlines captured everybody's attention. Sister Bernard made us stay after school for a month to catch up on the school we missed. Well, we didn't forget. You could see us after school. Headbands on, sporting belts and pocket knife holders made of genuine cougar skin. We'd be sitting in a circle under a lean-to, using signs and Indian words to plan our next adventure. One more thing. Daryl had a bad feeling about Jake. We had no idea that we were going to run into him again. And so the story ends. Or so it seems. I hope you've enjoyed the adventure. So that's it for now. From where the corn grows tall and pigs fly, take care. All my love, Grandpa Jim.